If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. This podcast is supported by Morgan Stanley. What do you get from the Morgan Stanley client experience? Listening more than talking and a personalized plan to guide you through a changing world. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. These two words come to mind. The gay agenda. <laughs> if we could just get away. Oh my gosh. If we could retire those two words, the gay agenda. Because what it implies is something so sinister. Right, like you're in a group in the exactly. side cuddling and plotting. Absolutely. Like, doing that? I don't even know that black person right there. I saw a wonderful TED Talk where the guy said that he had finally found the gay agenda. And he went through this series of, of whatnot, and he, he had the screen. You know how the TED Talks have the screen. Yeah. And he finally clicked on what the gay agenda was, and it was the Constitution. And he just dropped the whole mic. <laughs> because, in fact, that is what the gay agenda is. I got it. We only want the same rights that as is everyone else. 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 Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. It's, it's funny not to hear Art. My co-host isn't here with me today. He had some work stuff come up. I was waiting for him to, to say his line, but he didn't say it. So I'm here. I'm solo today, but I got a dope-ass guest. Before I get into that, real quick, I want to tell you, I really want you all to open up and listen. This is kind of a personal episode for me. The reason so is because today we are talking about Black, gay America, lesbian America, transgender America a little bit. And it's a subject that I am supportive of, but I don't know nearly as much as I need to know about it. And I'm willing to bet that many of you don't either. This episode came from a place inside of me, recognizing that I, I would struggle to support the people around me who needed my support best if I wasn't better educated. Very specifically, I made a post on Facebook about Jesse Smollett's wedding as Jamal Lyon on Empire. And I was, to say the least, disappointed in the reaction that came from my news feed and from my social following. I got divisive messages. I got all type of negative comments. Now, I did get some positive ones, but it left me with the sentiment that as much as we talk about Black people moving forward in this country, if we continue to self-segment, we'll never get to where we're going. You've heard me say before, I need all my people with me. That's the only way we truly get anywhere. So, Today, sit back. This is introspective. We are pointing the finger at me and at you to figure out where we can be better at. So sit back and learn a little bit. Now, I want to introduce today's guest. She's super dope. Her name is Lisa Cunningham. She is one of the few native Atlanteans that I've met before. So that's always a good thing. 
that. We were just sitting here talking about the history of Freak Nick a little bit, and I learned That's a little right. bit just that quick. Uh, Lisa is just dope all the way around. Film and production. She's a graduate of the University of Georgia. She's a producer, a director, 25 years of experience, over 1,500. That's a lot of hundreds when it comes to projects, <laughs> videos, things like that. She's done a lot. She's also been appointed to Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. My mayor's name is Keisha on the LGBTQ Advisory Board, which I want to hear more about that as well. So I want to hand the mic over to Lisa. Let her tell you just a little bit more about who she is and what she does. Lisa, it's all you. Hey there. I am so happy to be here. I tell you what, I said, I said, uh, while black, I, I was uh, actually getting a haircut and I told uh, someone, I said, yeah, I'm going to be featured on a podcast tonight called Wild Black. And immediately the barber goes, I want to tune into that. Yeah. Just that title alone. So I think that um, that is something that, you know, I'm proud of you guys for just that topic. Just that, Thank you. Yeah, the title I think it definitely makes people curious. Yeah. And so uh, I'm It turns some here. people off, but, you know, yeah, most of the time it's good. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, it takes all opinions, as we True. were talking about already. So, yeah, you said, you know what? I'm not going to give myself any fanfare, man. <laughs> I'm just a working professional, blessed to be able to do what I love to do for a living. Right. And... You know, I I won't date myself uh, by telling my age exactly, but let's just say I did come up in Atlanta's, you know, beautiful entertainment scene. And I mean, we're talking about the era of LaFace records, so, so deaf. And yes, I was there when Criss Cross said jump, jump. And when <laughs> TLC uh, was saying, what about your friends? And even when Escape was just kicking it, I was there <laughs> during all of those shoots. And I used to play that just man. Yeah. It was like a hundred. It felt like it, the weather that we're having today when we shot Man. that video. I was a PA and um, we shot that, that video. Flex? I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> <laughs> we shot that video at, at the masquerade. Right. Right. A lot of the portions of it. And it was it was hot that day. So, I mean, you know, I got all of those types of those stories um, that are just a wonderful part of Atlanta's culture. Right. right. And I've just been blessed to grow up in that and it's so cool because just to even jump this topic off right you know the rap industry is an extremely hyper masculine you know industry everybody knows that but i will tell you being from atlanta and 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 kind of being you know growing up myself being a young person and, and and being able to be around the tlcs and the escapes they actually liberated me because you have to remember, I came up in the in, when I was younger with groups like In Vogue, right. right? And so these girls were dressed to the nines, right? And they were, you know, they were giving him something he could feel. <laughs> but you you had these these young girls from the A, right? You know, that was when you had the high tech boots and the baggier clothes, exactly. And so their expression liberated me, unbeknownst to me at the time. I didn't realize that in a sense that was helping to validate who I would eventually turn into. Right. right. You know, because it was not dependent upon just how sexy those girls were. It really was about their talent first. Right. 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 And I think that that's uh, pretty poetic to see how that, 
you know, matrixed over the years. I agree. So yeah. they got a chance to be who they were as opposed to who they felt they were supposed to be. Absolutely. In order to be successful. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. It is. It really, really is. And, you know, and I just kept growing in that industry. And you got you got to have some growing pains too. Right, right. You know, because because it was such a hyper masculine world and because I was discovering myself you know, I didn't always look like this gender non-conforming person that I sit here today right. looking like. And, you know, I I remember doing a video and I was a PA on a video we shot at Andre Risen's house for an artist you may remember, MC Breed featuring Tupac. I got to get mine. You got to get yours, okay? And that day, unbeknownst to anybody, I had a hair catastrophe. <laughs> now, you have to understand, these days a chick can wear a natural right. and be just fine. Back then, oh, no, not so much. <laughs> so I had a hair catastrophe to where my hair had to be shaved completely, almost bald the day before Oh, the you shoot. had a real a real hair catastrophe. Wow. And I will never forget. I mean, just I'm almost getting choked up remembering how I felt as a, as a woman, right. as a black woman, and what that did to me. Um, it made me feel like all my femininity had been taken away from me. Wow. Um, and at that time, I was still at the age of my life where that femininity meant something to me. I hid behind it. Right, right. And I'll never forget, I went to <laughs> this shoot and I had dolled myself up so that I could pro still project as right. this hyper-feminine chick. Right. I had the boobs out, you know, and everything. Right. And I'll never forget, I, I was walking through the house and I actually got hit on by Andre Risen. <laughs> and I thought it was the best thing that had happened to me. Right. Because once again, being validated. Yeah. You know, by my by still hanging on to this this uh pretense of who I I needed to pretend to be from a sexuality standpoint because I was right. already dibbling and dabbling. Right. But nobody could know that. And so I'm happy when I would get attention from men. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before because I was just too scared to stand in any other space at the time. So 
The closest thing that I think I can relate to that is... At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Conversation that I have with other black men today about corporate America, right? And, and the need to, to code switch. So when I walk into work, I'm a very different person than I am the other, you know, 16 hours of the day, right? I, I get a chance to be me when I'm at home, when I'm in the streets, when, when I'm with my family. But when I'm at work, I have to be this other, this other guy. And it is, it's truly tiresome. And it, it, it often feels to me like I'm doing this and I'm giving of myself. I'm changing who I am in order so that my children to find success one day in order for my cousins and families and friends. Like I figure the more successful I am and the more successful people that look like me, the, the will continue to change what the norm for black people in this country is. So I give of myself as badly as it feels to do that. When you were, because we're hiding technically, right? So when you were hiding, what was, what were you doing it for? Like what, what was your, what was your why when you were hiding? I w- my why always was that if I felt like I was out, it would hinder my livelihood. Yeah. Just that simple. Yeah. So if I couldn't bond the way my other female con- counterparts, because remember, Me Too, <laughs> that was the age of Me Too. Right. You know, so there was a lot of this game that you had to play in my industry. Right. So there was a lot of, you know, uh, being a little extra nice to the record people. And, right. you know, it just, it's, it, it's a shame, but it was definitely the way that the game was played. Right. And so I felt like, yeah, so I would consciously, you know, when I was talking to men, always be like, honey, baby, sweetie, sugar, whatever I had to playing say. Playing it up. Always playing right. it up. Because I knew that my, literally my job probably depended on it. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were code switching. Yeah. 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 But, but you know, it's interesting how, <laughs> and this is the secret part. You know, I, I, have, a, a, I have a lot of respect for that, that uh, concept of, um, you know, the, the, the living your life mm-hmm. um, through a whole different layer of, like, once you are very self-actualized, right. you actually end up living your best life because people accept you more and things just work out a whole different way for you. Right. And so I found that as I took the veil off and I didn't have the chip on my shoulder though, right? I actually just accepted me for me first without consequence because once you know that the universe has your back, God has your back and all of that, (laughs) it's almost like how could you have lived any other way? Right. Because then I realized that people come around. Yeah. Family comes around. Friends come around. I have, I have a friend right now who I told I was gay in college who let me go 
and who constantly hits me on Facebook to this day, like constantly has this interaction because things just change over time, you know, but you have to really have the courage to know that it's going to be okay. And that's a hard thing when you're in the moment of that. It is very hard. It's very difficult. Especially when you feel like everything could be lost if I don't keep this mask on. But that is what living by divine faith is. I like that. And so, you know, I have no other choice but to live that way now. Cool. If only my 25-year-old self knew that. (laughs) The things I would tell. Never mind. All right, so before we jump in more, we we always have our wild black shit section. Okay. And it is our kind of fun go-to section. The listeners love it. And typically, it's used to kind of warm our guests up. You do this. Like, I was looking at all your videos. I'm like, yeah, she she, <laughs> she is comfortable behind the mic. So I want to jump in with these questions. Okay. Anyway, so the first one, what, in your opinion, is the, has been the best derivative coming from New Edition? Is it Bobby Brown? Is it another bad creation? Like, what is the absolute best derivative of the New Edition movement? Gosh, it, that's a trick question for me because... <laughs> I actually was involved with um, being on the Funk Fest uh, uh, tour, which they've done a lot of this uh, Funk Fest, and I do these little marketing videos. And so I see them from city to city, right? right? I knew over this one would past, be tough for you. Yeah, over the past few years. And so I see the B- BBD incantation. I've seen Bobby by himself, and I've seen New Edition. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, I don't know. To me, the best derivative, <laughs> I I don't know. It's It's the... <laughs> To me, the derivative is the fact that New Edition has had the staying power that it's had. Like, to me, this version of New Edition, the fact that they still have the love and the support of the fans, they are like the black Grateful Dead. Like, seriously, that's, to me, it's the fact that this incantation of them is still just as exciting for people as their 16-year-old selves. I I can agree with so that. So that's actually my answer. Bobby Brown is the derivative okay. for me. That's what I'm saying. Bobby Brown. I'll give you guys that. I'll, I'll give I'll you be- that. <laughs> I mean, Bobby does everything from keep you entertained to sing. He got seasonings. He cooking. Like, I'm, I'm going to shut up and go to question two. Bobby. But you know what he didn't? Didn't show up for some of those songs on the album. True story. True story. Added to the Bobby Mystique. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true too. Right. Okay. All right. Question number two. Mm-hmm. If you go back to Lisa when she was a teenager, right? What black television mom or dad would you have least wanted to be in trouble with? Now, nobody's going to agree with me on this, but it's because I came from this type of family mm-hmm. that I'm going to give this answer. And it is Claire Huxtable. And it is because the level of disappointment that Claire showed to you and how deep her rhetoric was when she got in your ass. Yeah. It was worse than anybody you felt like was just going to pop you and pop off at the mouth real quick. Mm -hmm. She was going to tell you how this was intrinsically so bad what you did. Oh, yeah. And it would be something that would haunt you, her words. And so Claire Huxtable... Definitely, I would not have wanted to get in trouble with her because I'd still be thinking about that. some of the things that she said today. I agree wholeheartedly. Like, Claire had a look. Mm. She had command of her words mm. in a way that would sink in and settle and grip you. And in, in addition to you being in trouble, 
she'd also be able to convey to you unequivocally how you made her feel. That's right. And that There's doesn't the disappointment. go away. Right. <sighs> that stays with you. Yes. Now, so Claire is the mom. I, I, I thought about both. For me, the dad would have been Rock. Do you remember Rock? I do remember Rock. And he was introspective too like that. Yeah. So he I was. feel you on that. Yeah. And, and I think that's because my father was that way. My mama would mm-hmm. grab me, say bad words to me. I know you're listening, mama. She probably would call me after that. I'm stopping my mama. She she already told we're me. Not gonna, we're not going to, we're not going, yeah, don't, don't get mama mad tonight. <laughs> she called Not me, on cuss, my watch. Cuss me out in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> not on my watch. All right, question three. Signature question. What do you love most about life while black? Oh, man. You know, for me, what I love most about life while black currently is that, man, I'm loving to see the evolution. Yeah. It seems like in, not even just exponentially in the past, like five years, yes. who we are becoming. Yeah. I remember before, if I said 10 years ago to a friend, you know what, this morning I woke up and I meditated. They'd be like, what What in the devil? (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) Right. Um, We're just evolving. Mm -hmm. And and we are are being seen and shown so much more. And my industry is definitely responsible for that. Mm -hmm. I remember tearing up. This is true. Not even eight, ten months ago, I saw a billboard going from... um, somewhere in downtown, like right past 17th Street, as I was going north on the left-hand side, it was a Pantene ad mm-hmm. of all black women. And I will never forget the feeling of knowing when I was a kid that Pantene, you could, there was no black association yeah. with any of those yeah. brands. Yeah. And to see that so big and vibrant and beautiful, that's what I love so much about it's 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 this evolution, yeah, and able to see us more. I, I again, I've said this a lot. Like I agree, it's been literally the last five years. Yes, and you've seen this collective yes. change. You have. It's it's actually given me more hope than I've had in a long time that we can figure this thing out and move forward. And then, like even to to match your example, I've worked in marketing for sixteen or seventeen years now. And I can remember after years of fighting for black faces and not just racially ambiguous faces for music that spoke to our culture. I remember getting uh, Houdini's The Freaks Come Out at Night embedded in a commercial, a Halloween commercial, and how much I celebrated that just being a a portion of that. (laughs) I got the handshake. (laughs) Being a portion of that, right? Being, being a part of making that happen. Also recognizing the fight that I'd had with my leadership many times before about the Black culture mm-hmm. and about how we talk to the Black culture mm-hmm. and about the things that Black folks needed in order to connect with a retailer or with a brand. And like those fights are still happening. Don't get it twisted. But the way things are changing, yes. it's the fight is getting a little bit easier. Yes. Now, my hope is that it's not just a trend that's linked to profit. Right. But that it is true change. And I do feel like it's a combination of it both. It is a combination of both. But I'll take it. Yep. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to move into our dope quote. Now, our dope quote anchors the episode. Okay. It's a quote that I found typically from the mouths of someone black, not all the time. Today, I actually have two. I just thought they were dope. And 
they give light to everything that we'll talk about today. They kind of bring the theme together. So I'm going to jump into those real quick, and I'll get your response on them. The first one is, we should indeed keep calm in the face of difference and live our lives in a state of inclusion and wonder at the diversity of humanity. And that is by George Taki. I think I said this last name right. This is George, who was on Star Trek, the original Star Trek. He's, he's, he's super cool, always. I, yes. It just happens like, man, I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, I'll read it one more time. We should indeed keep calm in the face of difference and live our lives in a state of inclusion and wonder at the diversity of humanity. When I read that, what comes to mind? Oh, I like the, my favorite part of that quote is, is the staying calm part. Yes. And I know some of my militant brothers and sisters <laughs> out there will not agree. And some for every, struggle with calm. Yeah, for every, you know... Martin, there has to be a Malcolm. I get that. Correct. I'm on the Malcolm side. Right. And it's the staying calm that allows people to get the message, mm -hmm. for me, a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just love that, that right there because sometimes things just don't need to get to the boiling point yeah. for us to find some common ground. I agree. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read the second one. Okay. And most of the time, we only have one. Okay. But I love both of these. All right. So the second one is, I hate the word homophobia. It's not a phobia. You're not scared. You're an asshole. Morgan Freeman. Oh, I just, you just <laughs> got to, first off, always give all praises to right. on Morgan Freeman. <laughs> this guy always gets it right, you, you know. And, um, you know... It is what it is. He said, what did Nene Leak say? I said what I said. <laughs> he said what he said. That is really uh, a powerful quote. And um, people need to call out their things for what they are. But I will say this. I will add a little twist to it. All right. I will say that there are many times where people do not genuinely know or are they really being homophobic or are they just really ignorant right. to something? Are they uninformed? Are they uninformed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Case in point, I'm going to call myself out. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I am uh, the L in LGBTQ and I had a job with um, the DeKalb County um, uh, Health, Health Board mm -hmm. and we were doing something where I was filming, you know, one of their activations. Right. And me being extra, you know, I like to always be interactive. So I'm on Instagram, right. you know, um, doing little videos and posting that I'm about to get tested for AIDS. Right. You know, because everybody should get tested, right? right. So afterwards, I subsequently posted my negative test result on my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Now, the activist friends that I have that are a lot more gay woke than me mm -hmm. immediately DM'd me, chin checked me, and was like, Lisa, you cannot do that. And I was like, what did I do wrong? I thought, we need to tell everybody they need to get tested. But at the point where you then say, I am better than because I am negative. 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. Neither did I. Let me tell you something. I'm the flawed hero. Right. I don't ever try to portray myself to be this holier-than-thou person right. or this person that is so evolved in my um, in, in, in my interpretation and, and understanding of everything LGBTQIA+. Plus, right? right, right. So I, I, I took that as like, wow, if that could happen to me, Anybody. That could happen to anyone. Yeah. 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 I, I loved hearing you say you're the flawed hero, right? Because I think that those are the best heroes. One, when you can admit that you don't do everything right. Two, when you can talk about the things that you do wrong so people can relate to you. Yes. Um, but I do want to give a, a shout out real quick. You, you talked about HIV and AIDS testing. So uh, listeners, make sure you go back and you check out our episode called HIV has changed, love hasn't. It has a lot of amazing information about the state of AIDS and HIV in our country today. And for most of you all listening, I'm willing to bet the reality that you believe you know is far from the truth. So go check it out and get yourself educated, which is kind of why we're here today. Absolutely. Black people, we talk about being great. We talk about having and wanting great allies. But I firmly believe that we can't achieve that if we are not being great allies ourselves, right? And we have to remember that sometimes in our own culture, there are groups of people who need allies that look just like them. And I want to jump into that conversation a little mm. bit. And again, just like you talked about your ignorance, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. hide from mine. Mm -hmm. I feel like I know it mm -hmm. enough, a decent mm -hmm. amount, mm -hmm. but I recognize that that feeling is dangerous, right? So I want to learn. So let's start. The very beginning, something very, very simple. You mentioned, and I have to look because I, I messed the letters up. Okay. L-G-B-T-Q-I-A. And you said the I-A. First time I had even heard the I-A was mm -hmm. in my research for this. Okay. Right? And so the, the very first thing I want to do for everyone listening is let's define what the L, the G, the B, the T, the Q, the I, and the A is. Sure. And then add a little context to especially the Q, the I, and the A, um, so that people actually do have an understanding of what they mean. Gotcha. LGBTQIA is um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Those are the letters that most people know. Right. Then it goes into queer, intersex, and asexual. Right. 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 The queer category... I really don't want to be the authority no to, to, to speak on only because you can talk to a 40-something-year-old person and, and say, what does queer mean to you? Right. And you can talk to a millennial who says, different. what does queer mean to them? Right. For millennials, which I think is what is going to subsequently be the voice that carries us through, right. is that they really believe, they really say that queer is kind of any person that identifies outside of like the cisgendered spectrum. Right. So cisgendered is is that you express I, I yourself yeah. as you were assigned as your right. gender is, right? So I think that that is how they blanket what queer is. So they're using that as a catch-all. Gotcha. Uh -huh. Intersexed is, are people who are born with characteristics of both sexes. You know, a lot of times, um, old school, we used to use the word hermaphrodite. Right. You know, right. that may be an intersex person, but it doesn't have to be. There's different variations of that. Right. And then asexual 
is a person who does not have any feelings towards either any sex at all. Um, and so that's what the QIA is. And gotcha. then they even adding a plus. Um, and then the plus actually will include your allies. And ah, yeah, so okay. so that's that's just another layer of things. Um, everybody's just like, what is the point, right? What is the point? Your average straight person is always going to say that. What is the point? Why do you guys have to have all these labels and these letters? And why is that so important to you? And I'm going to tell you, I used to be one of those people. Okay. I used to call myself the straightest gay person you'd ever want to meet. That was me. That was literally my tagline. I would introduce myself like that. I thought that had so much value and merit in the world until I became semi-gay woke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, gotcha. And what I then realized through my own personal journey, as I started to morph into who I am today and still morphing at my age, is, wow, I would have liked to have known that there was this thing called queer or that there was this thing called bi-gendered to where I feel like I'm a little bit of both. Right. (laughs) Or trans. Like, we did not know that when I was growing up. So there was no category to put us in. And so we were very, we were were very scared because at the point where you don't feel like there's anything that validates you anywhere, Right. Because remember, I grew up, there was no internet to tell me nothing. Right. So that's a scary place to be. So it's not about um, labeling to alienate and, and, and highlight. It's about giving people um, the ability to see themselves in someone else. Right. It, it sounds a lot like creating a space to be included. Yes. Right. So that now you're not by yourself. That's right. right? You, you, you are not the standalone person who's different from everyone else. That's right. So the the first question I want to ask about that is for people who are genuinely interested, right, in in becoming more aware, becoming more sensitive, and becoming, like, real allies as opposed to the people who just stay on the Mm sidelines and put a Facebook post up and say I'm an ally, right, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of us are. Yep. um, But but it's because of lack of information. Mm -hmm. How do people who fall into that category get closer to the real information. You know, this is the thing that I think I am so impressed with, with social media. Right. I mean, if there is, there is so many opportunities to get bite-sized bits of information about what you want to learn more about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can follow certain people's or certain organizations' pages Mm -hmm. that will give you those little nuggets day to day Mm-hmm. HRC is 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 one of them. Um, Do you know what, they, what that stands for? HRC um, is the Human Rights Campaign, and their website is hrc.org. And of course, you can just find them on Instagram. And I mean, I see things on their IG page all the time that give me information I didn't have. Got you. you know, and and I want to definitely give a shout out to the Glad organization as well, and that's G L A A D dot org. Um, they do so much um, with bridging the gap. You know, the GLAAD organization is the one that had Beyonce and Jay-Z up there saying all of that monumental stuff. You know what I mean? Earlier this year, 
and and they just basically dropped the mic as allies. <laughs> yep. They, they made everybody want to step their ally game up after <laughs> after they finished talking. So the word ally is so key here because we have a lot of allies. I mean, even on our board on the mayor in the mayor's office, um, right. the board that I sit on, there's allies on that board as well. Right. And that's very important. We use these smartphones for so much in our lives, but I mean, the, the, seriously, the secret is right here in the palm right. of our hands. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like, so it's easy. It is. It's so absolutely easy. I asked this question because I think that so many people get in their own way, right? So many people don't want to admit this simple fact. Is it okay to be ignorant? I think if you're a person who is ignorant in these days and times, it makes me so scared right. because, and not to get political, but the tribal mentality that mm. has started, right, breeds a bit of ignorance. Yeah. Um, this whole Republican, Democrat, you know, these Facebook, you know, posts and, and, and sharing of false and fake information oh that still goodness. goes on today. Right. I think that ignorance scares me because you're actually being active on one layer right and totally ignorant to a whole nother voice yeah and to me we have to be a bit moderate in order to get things accomplished right. um we have to at least know what <laughs> the reality is of these people you say you don't agree with right and and so that to me yeah i don't really want to tolerate real ignorance from people in today's society. Maybe like in the 50s right. when we didn't have these smartphones Access and we couldn't, yeah. yeah. But I think we crutch ourselves with information from so many sources that aren't validated. We, we've gotten really good at that. Yes. Really good at it's that. It's the us against them. Yeah. That makes everybody feel happy right and now. And them is anyone who doesn't seem to agree yep. with every word that you say. That's right. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're, we're bad about that. Yeah. This is a very simple question, and it's one I have asked myself many, many times, and I have no idea as to what the answer is. Why is this such a divisive topic? It's, and let me add context, especially when we start talking about body type and sexuality and sexual preference, which are such personal things, right? It's, it's, it's a function of who you are who you love, who you want to spend time with. Why is it such a divisive topic? Well, I tell you what. For me, it is mostly rooted in religion. Yeah. Religion is used to persecute. Yeah. <laughs> religion has been used to start wars. And so I think that when you hide behind the veil mm -hmm. of religion, um, and once again, it's the us against them yeah. mentality. Uh, you will find that, you know, in the early 60s, early to late 60s, you'll see the religious right really advance themselves. Right. And a lot of what happened during that time was because the equal rights movement was kind of uh, building. Right. Right. So stay with me for just a second. So as the I'm equal rights movement was building, a lot of the equal rights people 
women were called what? Feminists. Right. Now, a feminist, a lot of times, was this image of this kind of, you know, bra-burning, butch woman, you know, um, that was out here. So it was kind of like the lesbians mixed in. Feminists were often, you know, thought of as lesbians, too. So you'd have your Betty Homemaker, like, oh, man, I would like for my sisters who work to get equal pay, but I don't want to be associated with the feminist, right? Right. So what you end up having is the religious right preyed on that. Right. Because eventually they won. I mean, look at where we are right now with the gender pay gap today in 2019. We're still talking about this. It's because they took a hold of us in anything that had to do with sexuality, all of that. So it was a control thing. That's the only reason why we're still having this discussion is because nobody in the in the powers that be wanted to take away the control. Right. Because once again, you know, this country was founded by white, you know, cisgendered men. And it is um, still run by them to much degree today. Yep. And so that power structure, um, it would behoove them to put down you know, certain elements. And so I think the gay people got caught in the crosshairs of the Equal Rights Amendment movement. And then for blacks, because so that was mostly on the white side. And then for blacks, I mean, you know how we are. We just got to persecute <laughs> each other for God only knows what. And for and and for our sport, religion. For fun, it seems, yeah, man. Yeah. And our religion, you know, has often oppressed us. And and to me, that's that's where we're at. You know what's so frustrating to me about that? Because I, I agree completely. A, a lot of it is based in religion, but what is it's so frustrating. I call it uh, like hypocritical religion. Mm. Because the the man or woman who is speaking the loudest about being anti-gay and I don't want to see that shit on my TV is oftentimes sitting at the foot of their mistress's bed. Absolutely. Right? So it 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 irks me to to no end when I see people. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, weaponized religion in that fashion, right? That, that one, that no sin is greater than the other. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like... It's like, you don't pick and choose if you... if Listen, if you don't like black people, okay. If you don't like gay people, okay. I, that's your personal choice. Mm-hmm. But don't pick and choose don't and then use the Bible choose. to justify if you're exactly. not going to stand firm on it, right? Yes. I'm with you. Okay, so I know I'm jumping a lot because I've got a, okay. a, a lot of questions. It's okay. And and I also, I want to I turn it over to you right after this next question because I don't think it's fair for me to sit and ask all these questions without giving you the opportunity to speak intelligently from your perspective and your experience and point out some things that I wouldn't even think to ask, right? An opportunity to just be like, you know what? Straight America, gay America, black America, white America, you need to know this. Okay. Because, you know, as a, as a black man, I would love to, I, I tell people all the time, listen, don't play with our hair. Right. Don't do this. Don't do this. I, I want some right. of those from you. As yes. silly as it may sound. Yes. To help. But before that, words matter tremendously. Today I got on a Barack Obama That's right. shirt. So. He's got on a t-shirt, you guys, that say, folks want to pop off. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. <laughs> 2015. So love it. I I got a huge chest. 
and I use it as a billboard. I got shirts that say all type of stuff. My wife and kids, he got on his black shirts today, right? <laughs> I'm not afraid of a message. But the thing that I, I get tickled with is if I wear a shirt that says black, proud, and educated, right? I'll go out in public and people, black people, white people, they'll stop me. I love that shirt. Some of them. Um, oftentimes, they'll say, mm, proud and educated, but they skip the black, right? Or I'll, <laughs> like all these words, but they always skip the word black. And, and my point to them is, listen, uh. if my shirt says black, proud, and educated, why does the word black make you so uncomfortable? Mm. If I take it off and I wear a shirt that says proud and educated, it's obviously modifying me and I am black. Mm -hmm. So the word black, is often uncomfortable for black and white people to say, mm -hmm. right? To acknowledge. And I don't know why. Maybe mm. they don't like the word. Maybe they don't want to offend me. Mm -hmm. So I want to take that question and, and I want to ask you the same question, right? When we were talking on the phone yesterday or the day before, mm -hmm. you, you, you said that you were a black lesbian woman, mm -hmm. right? And as honest as I can be, I remember having a sigh of relief when I heard you say that because what I thought to myself was, okay, now I know what to call her. All right. Right? Yeah. Just like the people in the grocery store struggle to say the word black, I have the same struggle at times. Mm -hmm. And it's, it comes from, I don't, in my heart, I want to be as respectful as possible. Yes. I want to maintain who I am as a person. Inside, I care tremendously. Mm -hmm. But my mouth doesn't always match my mm -hmm. inside. So I want to be very careful in how I address people. And, and it's so simple. It's, it's two questions you can always ask somebody. Thank you. How do you identify Right is one, um, and what are your pronouns? And what you'll see a lot of corporate people now, um, if they work like in corporate America um, and they are uh, gay um, or any variation of the LGBTQ community, they will have in their signature what their pronouns are. Oh. You know? Because what happens is, which is brings me to another huge issue and point, is that um, because of this, we do have every day when I'm out, somebody calls me sir, mm -hmm. right? I happen not to mind mm -hmm. because um, I'm fine with being called she or her or him or him or mm -hmm. he or him. That's me. Right. Mm -hmm. But not every um, lesbian woman mm -hmm. um, is OK with that. Right. Um, and so what happens is, is that if you start to normalize people simply asking about your pronouns or asking about how do you identify, it just it cuts through all of that. Yeah. So that should, in fact, become a normal part of conversation so that nobody. so. Think about the training at Publix or Target or what have you. It should just simply be where people are like, hey there, how are you do doing today? Instead of, hi, ma'am, how are you doing? Good hey, point. sir, how are you doing? Good if point. they just don't say that. And you can still say, have a blessed day. You can still say all the little other things that you want to say. And maybe you can't say, have a blessed day, not unless you're in the South. You know what I'm saying? Because right. then that gets into a whole nother <laughs> <Right>. issue. <laughs> right. But... But my point is, is that um, it is going to require, and if you go into a lot of your big, like Target is a great place because they have gender neutral bathrooms available. Mm -hmm. 
And so you're going to see a lot more of that, uh, you know, um, as time goes on. But that does bring me to something that I did actually want to talk about, which was... Have had it. Jump in. So every day, if I'm out in the world, right, and I... I can tell whatever that bothers man, you, like your, your whole positioning this is This is my biggest pet peeve right now. Every day when I'm out, and if I ever need to use the restroom publicly... Right. Boy, is it a struggle. It is, it is the single biggest thing I dread. And I'm the most confident, outgoing, it's, loving people. Because I saw, I saw it change just with you Man, talking about it. I turn into a 10-year-old. Wow. It is a stressful experience because at the moment where I have to walk towards the women's bathroom, I am often confronted by another woman telling me, you shouldn't go in there. That's not your bathroom. Wow. Or when I'm in there, what are you doing in here? Like literally scared and startled. And like, so I remember I was at a, a function not too long ago. I walked into the women's bathroom. They had one of those big lobbies inside the bathroom. Yeah. And this woman said, you can't be in here. And I said, I'm a woman. And she goes, no, you're not. Stop it. No, you're not. So it's something that your average straight person has never thought about. That and the fact that I have to deal with it on my level. So so you might, somebody might go to my Instagram page and say, you know what? I can see she's a girl. You know, okay. But imagine those people who look even more manlier than I do. Right. You know, and their experience going into the women's bathroom. Okay. And think about the other option that they may have to go into the men's bathroom. That ain't <laughs> what they want. That almost feels like doubly uncomfortable. That it is. So, so you, so when people are like, what is this big deal about a bathroom? All we want to do, excuse my language, is pee. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's like the most basic right. right. It's just like the fact that this country, if men got their periods, there would be tampons in every single, just like right. toilet tissue. Right, absolutely. Right? Without so question. it's the same exact thing. It's just, it's like, Gosh, just figure out a way to cut us a little bit of slack. Right. And I get that it's an economic issue. I get that I get all the layers of it. Don't get right. me wrong. So I'm not one of these people who doesn't understand all of the dynamics that go into that. Right. But right now, that is a, a a buzz in the restaurant industry, in the hospitality yeah. industry. So people are definitely implementing gender neutral bathrooms. Right. Um and I think it's very necessary. Like I said, I just want to use the restroom. Yeah. And it, it makes me feel, I mean, let me tell you another thing that's so scary is a woman will be in the bathroom and she might have a young child with her. She'll grab the child closer when they see me. Because unfortunately, some people still think of homosexual people as pedophiles and I mean, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the most basic right. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. So 
think people often forget at the end of the day, people are just people. Yes. Right? You, you have pedophiles who are gay, straight, Absolutely. men, women. You've got criminals who are white, black, Asian, Indonesian. And we, we find ourselves in this place where we begin to associate one person or one type of person with X behavior and it, it, it controls us. And like, personally, and imagine, I'm sorry that it happens to you. And imagine I'm not a trans female. Right. Let's take it to the whole right. head. Right. I got a friend, Ferosa, who's on the board with me. You, Ferosa, walk in here today and you would say, Rosa was born a woman right. and that she didn't trans, you know, she did not um, transition at some point. Right. But I've got other people that I know who you can still see, you know, um, you know, they might be taller in height. Right. They may have a different structure on their face. Right. And so, unfortunately for them and their experience, well, what bathroom do they go to? That's rough. Because they definitely can't go to your bathroom. Right. But in some states, it's illegal for them to go to the bathroom that they've chosen. They have to go to the bathroom that they ident- uh, that they were born, the gender that they were born. That was the whole thing in North Carolina. So it's yeah, just... I remember that with the CIAA yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everybody got involved in that fight because... <laughs> and like I said, if I didn't live it every day... um. I would never really be this passionate about it, you know? Yeah. So, like, going going from that story, um, what else gets under your skin? What what else, like, having the platform to talk and just say without any uh, uh, being ashamed, without being concerned, without being worried, being able to talk to people who are open and listening, what do you say your concerns are? There's two words that come to mind that get under my skin. And, and not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a really confrontive or combative person. So I don't mean get under my skin to the point of where I'm, you know, in right, sense. Right. But just like. Things you might like to see change. Exactly. These two words come to mind. The gay agenda. <laughs> if we could just get away. The gay away, agenda, the black agenda, I get so tired of that. Oh my gosh. If we could retire those two words, the gay agenda. Because what it implies is something so sinister. Right, like you're in a group in the exactly. side room cuddling and plotting. Absolutely. Like, doing that? I don't even know that black person right there. I saw a wonderful TED Talk where the guy said that he had finally found the gay agenda. And he went through this series of, of whatnot, and he, he had the screen. You know how the TED Talks have the screen? Yeah. And he finally clicked on what the gay agenda was, and it was the Constitution. <laughs> And he just dropped the whole mic. <laughs> because, in fact, that is what the gay agenda is. I got it. We only want the same rights that as everyone else. As we all that should. That are unalienable. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's definitely one. Look, I, I want to I I give Lisa just a little bit of shine real quick. She mentioned TED Talk. Um, I first heard her speak at TED Talk, Call Your Heights. I don't think it's been released yet. It has not. Okay. But watch out for it and guarantee that when it does, we'll post it as well. Thank you. Because yeah. it, was, it was amazing. I Thank did truly much. appreciate that. Well, you know, and, and I'm glad that you segued to that because 
in that talk, I talked about um, my other pet peeve is that I live in a city that was rooted in the civil rights movement that um, was literally reborn and rebirthed in the civil rights movement. Right. But yet people who are even friends of mine have said things to me like, girl, you know, you're okay, but why are there so many gay black men in Atlanta? Man. I understand where they're coming from. Right. Because I got friends who are still trying to get married, okay? Right. You know, I'm trying to hook them up with other friends of mine. So I get that part. But the part where we have to understand that we are a nucleus that really... Um, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Um, has helped people over the years, almost like the promised land in a way. Um, we have to, we have to celebrate, um, the fact that we have, have been this voice for other marginalized groups, not just for African-Americans. Yeah. 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 It's not just yeah. for one group, y'all. Yeah. I so, agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last thing I want to, I want to talk real quickly about is I think the best way to put it is black folks love to talk about being woke. Mm-hmm. Right, right now everybody woke, mm-hmm. and I struggle with the concept of being woke. And hopefully, this doesn't come off corny, but this is the way I'm thinking about it in my head. I struggle with the concept of being woke when you're sleeping on the troubles of your brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. right? And by brothers and sisters, people should know by now. At the, at the end of the day, if you are woke and if you are if you care about unity and about change and about betterment, but you are asleep to the problems of people who look like you. I question your wokeness, mm-hmm. right? So overall, on this woke scale, if you will, speaking about black people specifically, how well do you think that we are doing adapting, understanding, accepting, and becoming allies to the LGBTQIA? Did I get it right? No, you're good to I'm, go. I'm, I ain't good, but I'm trying. <laughs> Cause, right? I, I think it's, again, it's important because at, it is very easy for, and I'm going to talk sides, and I don't mean it this way. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for us to look at you and say, how come you're not standing beside us marching? Mm-hmm. You see this cause. But it's just as easy for us to watch you march while we sit in the cafe across the street eating a sandwich. Right. How are we doing there? Is it getting better? Oh, it's definitely getting better. I mean, it has, it has really, that's, that's the good part. The, the the part where we see the the um, dis, disproportionate um, is is that I live we live in Atlanta right and so our experience here is not what it is in Columbus Georgia right in right. Dothan Alabama um, in much of the southeast right and so I think that as Black folks we have a long way to go right um, in our families. Uh, uh, dealing with this issue. I still hear, I went a couple of years ago to Morehouse has this wonderful thing called Safe Space. Right. And uh, it's for the kids that are in the LGBTQ community. And I'm listening to 18, 19-year-olds say stories that I thought 
we had fought the battles for and that they were cool now. Right. No, they're still getting kicked out of their houses. Yeah. You know, they're still getting, one girl was like, my mother said that if I didn't stop with this lesbian stuff, she was not paying for any more of my college tuition. And she went to Spelman. Mm. So, so to the degree that we are getting celebrities to wear T-shirts that say, you know, wonderful things during Pride Month, and we've got all of these, you know, so, so there's, there's so much, but I think a lot of what we see comes from more of the entertainment industry. Right. So those are the messages that get out there on social media. And, but I'm just talking about somebody, auntie, how, how she feel about it right now. Right. That's who I want to do more of a temperature check on. Right. And until we can get that, those metrics, I honestly can't tell you how far we've, I mean, I know we've come far, but I right. just don't know how far we've got to right. go because I don't know where everybody auntie thinks, right. you know, and, and we've got to, we've got to reach those people. And once again, the media has helped right. the, 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 um, there've been so many specials and so much this and, you know. So, and, and different characters being introduced on TV shows, all of this helps us bridge the gap. Um, but man, I wish I knew, you know, the answer to that one. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. It's all good. Yep. I want to turn the mic over to you. You can tell the people whatever it is that you want to tell them, whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind. Hopefully you include how they can follow you, contact you, see what's going on in your world. Feel free to talk about your businesses. I know you have the secret. I thought that was super cool. I watched <laughs> I watched part of your, your interview with uh, Sammy Approved. Thank I went and found it because she did the show some time ago. Okay. So whatever it is that you want to say, tell Well, I, I think really I want to turn it back to you. I think that it's these types of dialogues mm -hmm. that need to be had. Right. I, I think that we have got to get everybody in the room from our virile straight men. And I mean... You, we need to be have you across the table with a gay man across the table with, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. And so I think that I just have to applaud you for your efforts and how you are trying to um, bridge the gap and also just become more informed um, from so the quote unquote sources, you Thank know. You. And, and, and other than that, though, I think that... Um, I am truly proud of the city that I live in. Yeah. I, I have to say that Atlanta um, is a market that is just, it's, it's not duplicated around this country. And, and that's just first with the black folks that are here, right. you know. Um, and then with regards to my community, I mean, it is just unrivaled. Right. And I think that what the mayor has done um, and and even our previous mayors, um, we have always had this layer of inclusivity, but it came from policy. Right. So, see, that's where I think I'd like to end the conversation with, because if we don't have policy in place, there's this, um, I mentioned the HRC earlier. Well, every year they have a report card they put out. Right. They pick about 100 cities, and um, many cities throughout the Southeast get some deplorable ratings. And I'm going to tell you this. We are sitting here right outside of Atlanta, Metro Atlanta right now. We are in Roswell, Georgia. I thought about your talk. Roswell, Georgia gets a very low score. Yeah. 
I think it's somewhere around 5%, right? In terms of their report card on things like uh, public housing and um, discriminating with, um, on your job and all these different things, right? So, but what score does Atlanta get? 100%. That's so dope. And so what I like to say is that I live in a city that is being the change that I want to see in right. this world. And if you guys want to follow me on social media, I am C-A-P-T Cunningham. That's short for Captain. It was a nickname that was coined some years ago. And um, you can always visit me at my website, IHaveTheSecret.com. That's awesome. Cool. And that's what I got. Well, Lisa, you don't know how much I appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Um, I was honestly scared <laughs> because I, I talk about a lot of things on this show. And often I have what I feel is a better grasp on the topic, mm-hmm. even though I always learn, mm-hmm. um, which meant all the more why I needed to do this. Okay. So I'm sure after I listen back, I'm going to think of 800 things I should have okay. said. I'm sure the listeners will let me know some things that I should have said. <laughs> so at some point, I'd love to have you come back. Thank you. Have a part two to this. And okay. just go a little bit deeper. Okay. Awesome. There we go. Thank you. Cool. Wild All Black. Right. Peace. We out. Wild Black. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.